Welcome to another episode of Bright Headed Publishing Patio Book Book Club. I am your host, Kelly Morgan. Today, I had the pleasure of speaking with author Bracca Gertz. Bracca is the author of 39 children's books, and then she also decided to write her memoir, Searching for God in the Garbage. She is such a delight to speak with. I truly enjoyed speaking with her. She is an inspiration. Her message is truly positive. Welcome to the book club, our newest member, author, Bracca Gertz. Baraka, thank you so much for being on the podcast and being a part of the book club. How are you? Wonderful. Thank you for welcoming me so warmly. Thank you. You are so very welcome. I'm so excited that you're here. You're such a seasoned author with all the books that you've written. When I was reading about you, I was like, wow. Um, I saw 39 children's books. And yes. then your memoir as well. So 40 books? Yes. <laughs> wow. That is phenomenal. Some people are happy just to get one book. Sure. Right? You've got 40 books. So, you know, tell me about that journey. I mean, did you always know that you wanted to be an author? You know, I I didn't, but seems like other people knew that. You know, when, when in my high school yearbook... I was voted class author. And I'm like, wait a minute, why that one? I don't know. I was like really surprised. I mean, I do like to write, but I I just was surprised that people thought of me like that, you know. So when I was in third grade, I remember that I wrote a poem about how books can take you all over the world. You could just fly any place with a book. And I remember they read that in front of like, a parent-teacher conference or something, because I always, I was writing in rhyme a lot, even as a child, you know, and I think I appreciated books from when I was very young. Yes. So, so how do you go from people saying you should be an author, you should be an author, to getting that first book out there? Oh, the first book I wrote when I was watching my young children I was sitting outside, they were playing in the playground, and I brought my notebook, and I just started writing down an idea that I had, because I had some time to do it, they were all playing nicely, and I wrote it out, and I I had no computer, I, I, I wrote on loose leaf paper, I stuck it in an envelope, and I mailed it, I was living in Israel, I mailed it to the United States, and six weeks later, I got back, a letter saying my book was accepted. I couldn't believe it. I go, this is how you write books. That's amazing. That was the first book way back then. Wow. And now 40 books later, are you self-publishing or do you have a publisher? I haven't self-published. It's been different publishers that I've used through the years. Yeah. And so so because you've got these 40 books out there, how did you go about marketing these books you wrote the books they're out there but how do you let people know that they're out there 
Yeah, great question. For years, I wasn't marketing. I didn't know about marketing. And and that was fine. And the books were selling because they were in all these bookstores. And now marketing is a whole different thing. Now, you, there's, there's so many books. When I started publishing, there were not so many books out. Now there are so many books because I think also of self-publishing. Now, everybody can make a book whenever you want to. So now, in order really to let people know about your book, then you can really, you really do need to market your book. And I don't call it marketing. I call it sharing and revealing because then you don't feel like you're, I'm not a business person at all. I'm a creative kind of person. So I don't relate to being a business person. I don't enjoy selling books. Like I'll never, I won't go out and sell my books. That's so not myself. But I love sharing and revealing about what my books are about, just sharing it with the world. And that I could do forever. That I don't burn out from doing. So I love doing it online. And um, it's there's no rejection involved online. Like if I was standing in a place selling my books and people walk right by me, there's like rejection, you know. But, but online, I could just do it. And I, I have so much enjoyment doing it. So how do you do it? What do you do? Oh, I do this, right? What I'm doing right now. I love doing podcasts. Gotcha. I love it. I just love it. I, I, <laughs> I'm I, telling you, I did three today. I love it. You know, it is like, it's such a joy for me to share what's in my books and the messages. I, I, I just feel this. The funny part about my books is... They really, most of them do not have plots. Uh, once somebody was interviewing me, they go, like, like, how do you develop your characters? I go, well, my books don't really have that many characters. How about the plots? Well, my books don't have that much plot. What, what's in your books, you know? I said, they're really message books. They're just, they're all about the message. And that's what I love getting out in my books. So what is the message? What is the <laughs> message that gets out in your books? Okay, the message is that we are all spiritual beings. We are clothed in physical bodies and we need to nourish our souls to shine. That is really, that encompasses every one of my books because some of my books are even about protecting children from sexual abuse. How does that relate? Because if we don't protect our precious bodies, then our souls can't shine. That's that's all part of it. Like one of my books is about about sensitizing children to other people that have disabilities. How do you interact? I see that all as the same thing. This is all about helping souls to shine. Like children with disabilities are some of the loneliest people around. They don't they don't get invited to play dates or parties. So and 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 children that don't have disabilities don't know how to interact so well. So I, I in these books it teaches basic basic things that you're just not familiar with like like sit down on the same level as somebody in a wheelchair to make them comfortable. If you're talking to someone that's blind, introduce yourself. And when you're walking away, make sure you say, I'm going now. Like, such basic things that if you don't know, if no one tells you, you don't know how to interact. So the book has like lots of helpful information like that. So um, 
Like another example is a very obvious example is I want to be famous because this book is about a child that wants to be famous. He wants the spotlight on him and he becomes famous overnight. Someone takes a YouTube video of him and um, he becomes famous, but then just as quickly his fame goes away when someone else does it better. So he gets, he's miserable until he realizes there's a spotlight within. If we could get that shining, then we can have joy forever. We don't need the spotlight from outside. We need to get our spotlights shining inside, our souls. We need to get our souls shining. And that's how we can have joyful lives. So when I write these books for children, it's it engraves on their soul and then their whole lives can be joyful lives. If you get the skills for happiness early on, you can have them throughout your life. That is so very true. That is so very true. And you're right. When you're when I'm listening to you speak, you're right. If you don't, if you've never interacted with anybody who say is blind or deaf and nobody ever tells you, then you're right. You don't know. And sometimes we just think that everybody knows. Exactly. And there's children that don't have visible disabilities, children with social disabilities. So uh, the book tells you, encourage them to join. They may be sitting on the side. They just don't know how to interact. And they may say no, that they don't want to play the game. But just ask them. It makes such a difference. There's visible disabilities and there are invisible disabilities as well. Right. So you had said that somebody said, you know, how do you come up with your plot and you don't have, you don't really have a plot and how do you come up with your characters? But my question is, how do you come up with the story? So, you know, how did you come up with, this is going to be about somebody who's got disabilities or this is going to be about this. How did you come up with that? That's interesting. Um, my, when my granddaughter was born with very severe disabilities, every people were saying to me, your next book is going to be about disabilities. I know it. And I said, I don't really know enough to write a book about disabilities. So then I was reading an article. And in the article, a woman was doing great workshops explaining to children about disabilities. So I contacted her and I said, This could be a children's book. This material could be made into a book so everybody could know about your workshops. So she was thrilled to have it become a book. And that's what I did. I just made those workshops into a book. Basically, when your eyes are open to important things to write about, that's what happens. Then... I I actually, I call it that it's rain coming down from God into my brain. When my brain is open to it, then, then the gifts come and then I could write about it. So I feel like when there's a need, that's what I want to write about. And, and, and if someone else wants to write about it, great. I just want to write about what there's an important need to what, when something doesn't exist and we need this book, that's when I want to write it. So would you write one about COVID? People are asking me that. (laughs) I know. I haven't been moved to write that. You know, I'm not sure what I want to write about. But I do have a book coming out. It's related. 
the, the net, one of my next books coming out is Let's Stay Healthy. So it teaches how to keep our immune system very healthy, that, you know, we won't fall prey to every virus that's out there. And it, it teaches about eating healthy, sleeping healthy, of course, uh, how to be clean in terms of really why it's important to brush our teeth. It, it goes into the why of wh- why do why does eating healthy help our immune system and all these types of things. So, um, see, I was actually originally in medical school and I left medical school, but you'll see that in a lot of my books, I combine science and I try to make it understandable to children. Like I'm very interested in public health. That's, that's a field that I, that I love. Yes. So I'm, I'm imagining that since these are children's books with this message, a lot goes into what what the pictures look like, the illustrations. So yes. how did you find that person to bring your characters to life? Great question. I I don't always get to choose the illustrator because I'm not self-publishing. Uh, usually the publishers pick the illustrator and then I interact. We go back and forth through the computer like I would like this a little differently. Could you do this here? And we go back and forth with feedback. But sometimes they actually get me to pick the illustrator, which I really enjoy too. And people kind of audition to be the illustrator. They send their uh, samples to the publisher and the publisher, you know, will pick, uh, like they turn down certain people. They think this is a good match for your words. And that's how it goes. Yeah, because that's really important in a children's book, what the pictures look like, because most children are incredibly visual, right? So seeing those pictures is really important. So I'm interested how you go from these children's books to now writing your memoir, Searching for God in the Garbage. Yes. So tell me about that and what is that? And, and I'm always fascinated with people who write memoirs. I am because that is your life that you're putting out there. So tell me about that. Yes. Well, the truth is I really don't like to write long things. My books are really short picture books, very few words, like deep subjects, but very few words in a joyful way. So this book, I really didn't write it. It wrote itself because I just compiled it. It's it's my diaries, my journals, my letters. When I found them as an adult, I saw the thread that was going through my life. And so I said, oh my goodness, now I get it. I understand why I developed food addictions and I now I understand how I was able to overcome them. When I read through the old diaries, I saw the whole thread that went through it and I understood how when I finally got the nourishment that my soul was craving, then it wasn't hungry anymore. It didn't have to keep overeating endlessly because it got the nourishment that gave it lasting pleasure. So basically, I I don't see myself writing long books. I don't do that. But it just kind of, it was just a, a compilation. It's kind of a, um, a psychological mystery because when I compiled the book, by putting it together at the end, I understood how I was able to heal from the food addictions. So how were you able to heal? <laughs> well, it's, it, that's really it. The message is 
that my soul was hungry. And and the way to heal is is not by depriving oneself because how long could a person did that i i did all this crazy dieting it doesn't last and it's 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 it just gets a person miserable what i what i did was add more joy to my life and 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 that's what i recommend to people identify what can give you more pleasure when i there's these videos, my 600-pound life, about people that are obese, and they actually say it. They say, this is the only thing that brings me pleasure is the food. So a person has to recognize that there's an abundance of pleasure, but they got stuck on this one thing that gave them immediate pleasure. Even though it's a fleeting pleasure, it brings immediate comfort. It covers up the pain. So the answer is, what else can bring you pleasure, even if it's something little? And the answer is gratitude. The answer is finding what else can you be grateful for in your life and focusing on it. The pandemic, the pandemic has pushed us all forward into being grateful for everything we took for granted before, like our breath, our breath our life, our health, for hugs, everything that we just always expected. Of course, now we can say, what's the source? What's the source of all this goodness in our life? And and when we recognize that, we can have so much more gratitude and everything becomes more meaningful. So like I read a book recently, it talked about that we should chew do more and eat less. So I tried this out. I this something I was not conscious of before. I actually tried it. I tried chewing more. It said that, you know, um, we are still, while we're still chewing, we're picking up the next spoonful and ready to put it in our mouth. So it says, don't do it. Don't pick it up until you finish chewing within your mouth. That was so unusual. I tried it. And it's amazing. You have so much more gratitude. You are focusing on what you're eating right then. And you don't, you're not on to the next thing, which is a metaphor for what we're doing all the time. We're always on to the next thing and not savoring what we have right now, whether it's our breath, our health, a hug, being in nature, music, dancing, moving. We have so much to be grateful for every moment, but we're on to the next thing. So in, 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 in Judaism, what I learned is um, who is rich? Those who are happy with what they have. That's the, that's the secret. That is the whole thing. And that's, that's how we overcome every kind of addiction, focusing on what we have. There's always something to be grateful for. And you're right. There is always something to be grateful for. I know that as somebody who meditates on a regular basis, I personally practice gratitude every day, even if it's just for two minutes. You know, it, it, it's not that it has to be a long, drawn out thing, but and I'm I get grateful for everything. I'd be like, I'm so grateful um, that I'm laying in this bed in this nice house and that I'm warm and I'm sheltered and I'm, you know, I'm not homeless or whatever the case may be, you exactly. know, always. 
And so I'm so grateful that I'm going to go downstairs and have coffee and, you know, just the little things. The little so, things. Exactly. So I get it. And I think that's a wonderful message. And, and you're right. That's so funny that you mentioned about the food thing, because I had read something similar where they were saying, try to chew 20 times and <laughs> only focus what is in your mouth and yes. don't think about the next bite. And that is harder than you think. Exactly. I, w- I had to slow myself down so much to do that. And I found it so much more enjoyable because it said, really, the experience of pleasure that a person experiences is just for a few seconds when it's in your mouth. So, so why make it go so fast? Just stay with it and savor it. I mean, I think it's brilliant. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of us don't even think about that. So the memoir is available now. So tell me. This book, you you said it's your journals, it's your diaries, things that you had written in the past and you found them. So how old? I mean, is this is this your your younger self now speaking to your older self? Yes, exactly. That's exactly what happened. And I filled in the gaps where things were missing too, but I was able to get back into that headspace to do it, which was fascinating. Yeah. I, it's, it's, it's my younger self talking to me now. And it's, it's me. Truthfully, I've learned even more speaking about the book since it was published. I've, 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 I've learned even more life wisdom that I'm loving sharing too. It's been a real journey and the book has taken me on a journey. That's what I would say. So I'm always interested, like I said, with people who write their memoirs, why publish it? <laughs> Why publish your journals, your personal journals and diaries? You know, I don't know if I would have the courage to do it because to me it's courage. Um, why, why publish it? Yes, people said to me, why did you do this? Your life is so wonderful now. Why did you show these very raw, candid really um, embarrassing, shameful experiences. I, I, I said, if I didn't include how low my life was, you wouldn't understand the growth that's happened. You wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to appreciate all the blessings that have come into my life because I was really suffering. It was a very terrible experience. Any addiction it's an imprisonment that's what an addiction is so uh i i the descriptions i have of going through garbage pails looking for food i mean people say how could you write about the different but it was it's necessary it was really an important part of the journey and 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 i was it was important to me to keep it in there like i said my whole purpose in being here what's our purpose in life We're spiritual beings housed in bodies. We're here to let our souls shine and experience the greatest pleasure possible in life, which are all the spiritual pleasures. So if I didn't share this, by sharing it helps my soul to shine. And when I help other souls to shine, my soul shines more. So it's all about that. That's what we're here for. Yeah, you know what? And that's true. And I think ultimately, when people honestly ask themselves, what is it that you want? Right? What is it that you want? Ultimately, I believe everybody just wants to be happy. 
right? And I think people think that money or a, a nice car or a big house will bring that happiness, but really it probably won't, at least not a lasting happiness, right? Yeah, it, so it I think that, you know, people ultimately just want to be happy. That's what I've come up with when I really ask myself, what is it that you want out of life? Well, really, I just, I just want to be happy. Yes, we, we want, and, and we want lasting pleasure. You know what, that's what we're all after. And that's why addictions are so widespread. We were made for that. And we were designed for that. Like, like an orange, an orange is made for our ultimate pleasure. It, it, you know, it, it's, it's so beautiful. It, when it becomes ripe when it becomes most beautifully colored when it's ripe. We're ripe. We're ripe. That's how the, the fruit calls to us when it's bright and ripe because it's ready. It's the most beautiful. And it has a wonderful aroma and a wonderful taste. It could have been we just took a pill. Nothing like that. But no, the world was designed for our pleasure. We've gone off track, but it really was designed. And, and when we uplift our bodies, we uplift our souls. And how do we know that we're doing something that uplifts our souls when we feel gratitude? That's how. That's the litmus test to know that we are uplifting our souls when we when we experience gratitude in life. And 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 what do people want for their children? If they have children, they want their children to experience the greatest pleasure possible in life. If they're good parents, that's what the designer of all wants for all of us as well to experience the greatest pleasure possible on this journey while we're here on earth. Yeah, I would agree. Your books sound wonderful. The memoir sounds wonderful. The children's books sound wonderful. So I'm going to put you on the spot and just ask you a question. 39 children's books. Can you name them all? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I'd have to I'd have to go to my Amazon author page to read them all, you know, to see the titles. I don't think I could do that. No. <laughs> so collectively, how long would you say you've been an author from the first book till now? How long have you been published? Oh my gosh, it's embarrassing. So many years. But but most of the books have come out recently. You know, when my first book, because after my first book was published, I didn't publish more books for a long time. The money, and then so I lived in Israel for ten years till I came back to America. Then a whole bunch more came out. So um, it's over thirty years. Wow, that yeah. is such a wonderful journey. I love the story. I love the memoir. I absolutely love speaking with you. If somebody wanted to look at any of your books, where would they go? Oh, everything is on my Amazon author page. You can also, you know, if you don't want to buy books, you can find them in libraries or you could order them from libraries. I really just want people to be able to benefit from them. So wherever you could find them in bookstores, on Amazon or in public libraries fantastic the memoir is called searching for god in the garbage i know that is available on amazon and we'll make sure that the link to your author page is in the podcast description Braca, thank you so much for being here this means that now you are an official member of the book club which means you can come back at any time 
and talk about your book. So when you have that 41st book coming out, I expect you to reach out to me and say, hey, Kelly, it's me, Bracca. I got number 41. Let's do it and come back on the podcast and we will talk about it. Thank you so much, Kelly. You are such a delightful human being. Thank you so much. Thank you. It was such a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of Bright Headed Publishing Patio Book Book Club. I have been your host, Kelly Morgan. I just wrapped up with author Bracca Gertz. I told you she was a pleasure to speak with. And wasn't her message great? See, you thought I was playing, but I wasn't. She was a great guest, and I can't wait for her to come back again. Now, if you are an author or someone who supports authors, like an editor or a graphic designer, and you want to be on the podcast and a member of the book club, then email me, brightheadedpublishing at gmail.com. Again, brightheadedpublishing at gmail.com. Next week, another author, a new member to our ever-growing book club. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, keep writing.